The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 206 The Jerusalem Conference At this point in our story, God's church was enjoying a period of relative tranquility. The violent persecution that had begun in Jerusalem had died out. Satan the devil had inspired the persecutors to violently attack God's people. He thought he could wipe out the church before it could firmly root itself in his world. How foolish! This was Christ's church. He promised that he would build it, and no one, not even Satan, could destroy it. God's church at Syrian Antioch had prospered magnificently. It had not suffered persecution from outside enemies. Its members did not have to flee for their lives. However, while Paul and Barnabas were away, Satan tried a new tactic to destroy this important church area. His new weapon was causing dissension among the brethren. This thoroughly corrupt being used some sincere but doctrinally wrong Jewish Christians from Judea to ignite the spark of division. Certain men came to visit the Antioch congregation from Judea. They held firm to the belief that all Gentile Christians had to be circumcised to receive salvation. Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved, taught one of the leading members of this group. After some heated debates on the matter, more than a few members of the Antioch congregation sided with the Judeans. Other members vehemently disagreed. Paul and Barnabas had never taught the Gentile men that they had to be circumcised to be saved. Paul always emphasized that it was faith in the saving power of Jesus Christ's sacrifice that was important. Those who disagreed with the men from Judea recognized that requiring Gentiles to be circumcised to qualify for salvation was a faith-destroying doctrine. They knew that God did not demand physical circumcision to qualify for spiritual salvation. However, the members could not settle the dispute implanted among them. The peace in the Antioch church was beginning to evaporate. Paul and Barnabas returned just in time. When they heard what had been taught in their absence, they immediately showed where this requirement was wrong. After much robust discussion, those who still believed circumcision was necessary asked that the matter be taken to the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. Although Paul was likely frustrated that he could not convince them of the truth, 
Jesus Christ revealed that he should take the matter to Peter and the other apostles in Jerusalem. Paul was thankful for the direction. He and Barnabas set off, taking another important person with them to meet Peter. While on their first ministerial journey, Paul and Barnabas had met a young Greek man named Titus, probably at Iconium, where many Greeks believe God's apostles. Paul was directly responsible for Titus's conversion. It is possible that Titus was ordained as an elder on Paul and Barnabas' return trip through Lystra, Iconium, and Pisidian Antioch. Paul likely brought Titus to Syrian Antioch to give him more training, thinking that he would be used in a powerful way in God's work. Considering the circumcision question now troubling the unity of the church, Paul thought it important to bring Titus to Jerusalem as proof that the Gentiles did not need to be circumcised to become a Christian. Jesus Christ likely had inspired Paul to bring Titus to Antioch, arming him in advance with a living example of Gentile conversion in order to correctly address the circumcision question to Jerusalem. Some of the other members supporting circumcision also traveled with Paul. Paul and Barnabas wasted no time on their trip to Jerusalem. They stopped at churches along the way and announced the conversion of the Gentiles. They passed through Phoenicia and stopped at Samaria. This news delighted the members in these areas. Finally, seeing the hill country surrounding Jerusalem, Paul was excited to walk through the gates of Jerusalem again. Fourteen years had passed since his conversion. His life had changed radically since that day. Joy filled his heart. He was so thankful to be doing God's work. Paul had much to talk about with Peter and the other apostles. Stopping at Peter's home, Paul and Barnabas rekindled their acquaintances with Peter and introduced the members traveling with them. Then Paul told Peter the purpose for their visit. Peter recognized the seriousness of the situation immediately. Two meetings were scheduled, one for Paul and Barnabas with the other apostles to discuss the work they had been doing, and a second to discuss the circumcision question openly with the elders. Paul had trouble falling asleep that night. He mulled over what he had needed to say to Peter. He knew that Jesus Christ had never revealed to him that circumcision was necessary for salvation. For a moment, Paul doubted himself. Never once did I preach that to any church area. He thought, Have I run this race in vain? He asked aloud in the darkness. Christ will reveal what is right on this matter. He thought. He looked forward to his meeting with Peter.
on a bright, sunny morning, walking with purpose and zeal, Paul met Barnabas on the way to Peter's home. He smiled warmly at his close friend and fellow worker. They had accomplished and experienced much together. They both understood what God had done through them. Paul could not wait to tell Peter all about it. When Paul and Barnabas arrived at Peter's home, John and James, the brother of Jesus, were also there waiting to greet them. Paul and Barnabas described the miraculous events in Antioch, Syria, and on their first ministerial journey. Paul emphasized what Jesus Christ had done on Cyprus with the conversion of Sergius Paulus. He also discussed what happened at Pamphylia, Pisidian Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. He told them about the Jews' envy and hatred of the gospel of Christ. He told them about the healing of the lame man at Lystra. There I was also stoned to death and raised back to life. He explained with passion. Barnabas discussed the establishment of local congregations and the ordination of local ministers. After such a successful journey, we were shocked to hear that some Jewish church members from Judea had stirred up the congregation at Antioch, Syria about a false need for circumcision. Barnabas stated with sadness. Paul and I weren't even present. Peter listened carefully. He thought deeply about the wonders and the miracles. It is clear that Jesus Christ is working through two separate administrations. He thought. But it is all one work, and everyone must speak the same thing. It is exciting to hear what our Lord and Master is doing with the Gentiles. Peter stated with joy. Let's all use the remainder of the day to pray about tomorrow's critical meeting. We will hear the entire dispute, and Jesus Christ will lead me to make a final judgment on the matter. Paul and Barnabas thanked Peter for his time. Both men looked forward to getting the issue resolved and moving forward with preaching the Word of God. The time for the meeting had come. The room had filled quickly. The apostles, including James, John, Paul, and Barnabas were present. The leading ministers and elders, including Titus, were there, talking softly among themselves. All were waiting for Peter to arrive. This was an historic event. It was the first recorded time that God's apostles and leading ministers were brought together to renew, strengthen, and unite themselves under Jesus Christ's leadership. And it was the first meeting where a serious doctrinal matter had to be resolved. God's church continues to hold ministerial conferences to this day. When Peter entered the room, all stood up to show him honor. He stepped onto a platform and looked over all the people gathered for this meeting. Greetings, everyone, he said with a smile. 
I'd like to offer a special warm welcome to all of you visiting Jerusalem from Antioch, Syria. This is a serious meeting today. Please bow your heads. Then Peter opened the conference with prayer. He asked that God the Father and Jesus Christ pour out their Holy Spirit on this critically important meeting. He thanked God for his protection and deliverance from the persecution that had occurred. He asked God to help them to resolve the strife in his church over circumcision. Peter reminded God that all present were just weak men and desperately needed his great wisdom and understanding as well as his judgment on the matter. Peter then opened the meeting for discussion and sat down. Several of the Pharisaic faction jumped to their feet. Gentiles must be circumcised and charged to observe the law of Moses. One leader for that position stated, These Pharisaic believers thought they were the authority on this matter. However, having been a Pharisee in Judaism meant nothing in God's church. This assertion by the former Pharisees sparked a lot of debate. Paul paid close attention to everything that was said. Peter allowed the discussion to continue for a while, but when he realized the discussion wasn't leading anywhere positive, he stood up and went to the platform. The room grew silent immediately. Men and brothers, Peter began, you are well aware that from the earliest days of this work, God chose me to begin teaching the Gentiles the word of God. Cornelius and his household heard it and believed. Paul was thrilled at what Peter was saying. God gave them his Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He did not make even the slightest distinction between us and them. Peter continued. So I ask you, why are you seeking to have God put a yoke on the neck of the Gentile disciples, which neither our fathers nor we ourselves could bear? Paul's heart leaped in his chest upon hearing this wonderful teaching. It is through the grace of Christ that we shall be saved, and the same is true for the Gentile converts. Peter said with authority. Then, looking intently, at everyone in the meeting, Peter said, I think it is important that you all hear what wonders God has been working with the Gentiles through Paul and Barnabas. Please give them your full attention. Paul and Barnabas took the platform and began to discuss the amazing growth in the work to the Gentiles from the time they were separated by the Holy Spirit until they returned to Antioch two years later. They spoke about all the miracles Jesus Christ had worked through them for the Gentiles. Some gasped <gasps> at hearing that Paul had been stoned to death and resurrected. Paul discussed the growth of Titus and encouraged everyone in Jerusalem to get acquainted with him. Everyone in attendance felt awe and respect for what they heard. When the two men finished speaking, the Apostle James, who was coordinating the meeting for Peter, 
as pastor of the Jerusalem church, stood up to summarize what Peter had decided. Listen to me, my brothers. James began. Simon Peter has just explained how God first showed his care for the Gentiles by taking from among them a people to belong to him. The words of the prophets agree completely with this. Therefore, we should not trouble the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write a letter telling them not to eat any food that is ritually unclean because it has been offered to idols, to keep themselves from sexual immorality, and not to eat any animal that has been strangled, nor any blood. For the law of Moses has been read for a very long time in the synagogues every Sabbath, and his words are preached in every town. Paul was elated by the result of this important conference and the Apostle James' summary statement. This conference had revealed that Christ had established two administrative divisions for his first century work. Paul mentioned this in his letter to the Galatians. Peter was chief apostle to Israel and Judah, and chief apostle over all apostles, including Paul. However, Paul was chief apostle to the Gentiles. This was momentous support for Paul and Barnabas. After the conference concluded, the apostles, ministers, and members in Jerusalem were pleased to send members of their congregation to Antioch, with Paul and Barnabas. Judas Barsabas and Silas, who were prophets in the congregation, were chosen to take letters announcing the decision made at the conference. The letter stated, We, the apostles and the elders, your brothers, send greetings to all our brothers of Gentile birth who live in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, we have heard that some who went from our congregation have troubled and upset you by what they said. They had not, however, received any instruction from us to do so. And so we have met together and have all agreed to choose some messengers and send them to you. The Holy Spirit, and we have agreed not to put any other burden on you besides these necessary rules. Eat no food that has been offered to idols. Eat no blood. Eat no animal that has been strangled. And keep yourselves from sexual immorality. You will do well if you take care not to do these things. Farewell. After Peter ended the conference, Paul and his company were dismissed to return to Antioch. Paul, Barnabas, and Titus were happy to have Judas and Silas with them. It appears that John Mark traveled back to Antioch with his uncle Barnabas at this time. The long journey back to Antioch seemed to pass quickly because of the many great discussions they had along the way. Paul and Silas became close friends. They had lively talks about the prophets and how their minds had been opened to understand their writings better. Arriving in Antioch, Paul asked Barnabas to organize a meeting for the many members to meet Judas and Silas 
and to hear the good news from the conference. It took a few days to prepare for this important assembly, which was likely held on a Sabbath. Paul opened the meeting with prayer. We have good news for all of you from Jerusalem, he said after praying. He then introduced Judas and Silas, who read the letter from Jerusalem. When the Antioch brethren heard the letter with its decision and exhortation, they rejoiced greatly. Then Judas and Silas began to speak to the brethren, offering encouraging words and exhortations. These two prophets were used by God to strengthen the congregation and heal the wounds of division caused by the circumcision question. Judas and Silas stayed in Antioch for a short time. They truly got to know the Gentile brethren and how Jesus Christ was working with them. The time came when Judas needed to return to Jerusalem to help the apostles there. But Silas decided to remain at Antioch. Certainly Paul and Barnabas needed help with such a large congregation. They were fully occupied teaching, preaching, and counseling the members. It was wonderful to rebuild the unity among the Antioch brethren. Sometime after the Jerusalem conference, Peter journeyed to Antioch to visit the congregation. At first, he fellowshiped and ate meals with the brethren. However, for some reason, James sent a delegation to Antioch that had members who still held to certain prejudices against the Gentile converts. When these people were in Antioch, Peter stopped eating with the Gentile members. Peter's actions led other Jews in Antioch to follow his poor example, even Barnabas. This deeply upset Paul. Paul and Barnabas had fought so hard to keep this kind of thinking out of the church. Paul confronted Peter about it. He had the utmost respect and love for God's chief apostle. However, he could not let the matter pass without saying something. This took great spiritual courage. He later recorded his righteous rebuke of Peter in his letter to the brethren in Galatia. This incident shows how important it is to keep God's leaders in our daily prayers, asking God to protect them from Satan and the influence of their own human nature. Of course, we must pray the same thing for ourselves. Sometime later, Paul held an important work-related meeting with Barnabas. Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do, he suggested. That is a great idea. We can take John Mark with us, Barnabas said. I don't think that's such a good idea. He left us without a helper at Perga in Pamphylia, Paul said. I know that was a huge mistake on his part, but he has grown since that time. Barnabas answered, defending his nephew. John Mark isn't capable of doing the job we need done, Paul said resolutely. I think you're being too hard on the young man. He is not coming with us. Then neither am I, 
Barnabas returned, ending the meeting. He took Mark and left for Cyprus. So Paul chose Silas and departed. The brethren at Antioch entrusted them into God's care. Paul and Silas traveled through Syria and Cilicia and strengthened the churches. Barnabas remained an apostle for God. But from this point in our story, he fades into the background. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.